Hello, everyone. Welcome to Haunting Live Podcast this week. Thank you for tuning in. Um, my name is Trevor. I'm host of Haunting Live Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. We do have a very special guest joining us this week, but just before we bring him on, uh, I'd like to remind you guys to check out our YouTube channel. We are live streaming right now on YouTube, so thank you very much for tuning in this week. And if you haven't yet, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Also, hit the like button as well on our videos if you like any of the videos that you see here on our channel. It does help us out a lot. We also have noticed quite a few subscribers lately on YouTube, so we appreciate that very much. And uh, like I said, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. But also, don't forget to follow us on our other social media platforms. We are on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram as well. So check those out and follow us over there. We'd appreciate that too. But like I said, today we do have a special guest joining us. We have an occult expert, and he's also into traditional witchcraft. So we're going to be talking to Ryan Espich today. So let's bring him on today. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us here on Haunting Live. I really appreciate you taking your time out this week and joining us here to talk about what you do. Thank you for having me. No, it's wonderful having you. I appreciate it very, very much. I know you're into a bunch of different things. Uh, your main thing is uh, traditional witchcraft, which I'm going to ask you a few questions about. I find that really fascinating. And um, you're into some other things like a cult expert and uh, a Ouija board collecting also. So I think we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Um, but first <laughs> of all, just tell me a little bit about your background. First of all, um, what brought you into the field? Actually, Witchboard, 1986, by Kevin Tenney, um, the amazing Kevin Tenney. I have to have that. Uh, so I seen the movie. I, I wanted to do everything in the movie. I wanted to be the psychic in the movie. You know, you're, you're young. You want to be everything in the movie that you see. So I got into it. I asked for all these books on witchcraft, and I asked for a Ouija, and lo and behold, Santa delivered. And I uh, it just kind of went from there and I never thought it would get this far and it actually did. So I blame it on my parents. They're, they were the ones that, you know, <laughs> told me that it was okay. Bought me the stuff, you know, bought me the books, bought me the boards. So all of that stuff. So, you know, they were very, pretty good with it. Well, that's a great Santa right there that brings you Ouija boards for Christmas. It was a, an amazing Santa. <laughs> What else did you get that year for Christmas? Was there anything else that oh, got, they brought you that you tarot liked? Cards, tarot cards, herbs, different kinds of oils, you know, different books on witchcraft, Wicca, um, paganism. So every year it was, you know, different pagan, you know, religions, different, you know, we had cultural backgrounds. So it was pretty interesting. It was really interesting. That's wonderful. At least you got what you wanted that year for sure. Um, what year was it? How old were you when you got into this stuff? about seven six seven 
nine or <laughs> the early 1900 or 19 whatever a fairly young age to get into that kind of stuff so how was it for you when you actually started using that type of material was people kind of like what are you doing you shouldn't be touching at that age or were they more uh, open-minded about it I had a lot of people that were against it a lot of people used to come over and they would break my boards and my dad used to wood whittle and do all kinds of like work on like with the wood and so they would come over and they would break my stuff. Um, I, you know, I was going to hell. I was evil. I'm the devil. Um, I'm the antichrist. So it was pretty interesting. But you know, my parents and my grandparents, they never, you know, give me any shit for it. They never cared. So it was like, you know, do your own thing, find your own path. And so I did. <laughs> but it was kind of terrifying at first. It was a little terrifying at first, especially when you meet, you know, you call on Pan when you don't know what you're doing. And the like etymology of the word pan derives from panic. So from probably about 13 years old, 12, 13, I developed a panic disorder. And then about 20 years after, I went back and looked at that same book and it said, be cautious because he does cause panic attacks. That's interesting. So were you kind of like medically, medically diagnosed as having something from actually starting to get into the subject? Yes. Okay. Was there anything that they could do to help you or was it something that you had to sort of guide yourself through? I got lots of medication to take care of the panic attacks and the anxiety. <laughs> Meditation, um, you know, mindfulness, breathing. That's the biggest thing. That's the best thing besides medication. Okay, so it's more like a self-guided thing that you have to sort of work your, your way through on your own. You can actually go to yeah. somebody and say, I'm, I want to do this or do that, and how can you help me work through this? You kind of have to figure it out on your own. Yeah, because yeah. I couldn't go to the doctor and say, well, here's the book that, you know, I read the, you know, the invocation, I think it was, or an evocation for Pan, and, you know, here's my book, here's what I did, can you help me? <laughs> they probably would have been like, you can go see the church and they could help you maybe. No, they can't. <laughs> or like, uh, yeah, sure, we'll help you. Um, here's the key. We'll walk you away for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so um, after that, though, um, so you slowly started getting into it. Um, are you still there? Oh, I had to connect. You're still there? Okay, there you are. thought I it lost you for a sec. With- it always happens with spirit it does we have uh issues all the time sometimes it just cuts off like that but it's weird the connection will stay on but my guest or whatever will just disappear for a second but then they'll come back so that has happened here before so i apologize for that um for those watching that is um but you're just talking about how you dealt with that as a child how you sort of got into it um you had some medical issues and things panic attacks from dealing with the subject um, how did you manage to get through it? Was it easy to overcome or was it a long journey for you to overcome? It was terrifying. Um, I still haven't overcome it. <laughs> mm. To be honest, um, I've grown into knowing that, you know, it's okay that, you know, that's like the darker side of nature. So, I mean, you know, Pan being a nature god and then, you know, I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, I understand now that, you know, I'm 36, that I, you know, it was Pan and so, you know, I went to the doctor and, you know, I did therapy and thinking that would work and it didn't help. And then I just kind of quit everything altogether. 
and it still didn't work. And I kept seeing literally bafflement in my bedroom window. Like it, you could see the steam coming off of his nose. That's how intense it was. And the red eyes, it was terrifying. And I was like 13. So that's a very terrifying experience. And 13, of course, the unlucky number. So you might have been having some experiences for a reason at that age as well, I think. I, that's when a lot of stuff actually started to actually, you know, snowball. And get, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So it was pretty, it was insane. So how was it after that then? Uh, the next stage of your life, how did you progress with studying the craft? Was it something that you wanted to continue doing or did you feel like some hesitant going further with it? I felt pretty, I felt pretty confident in knowing that like Wicca wasn't for me. So, you know, I could have just lily padded, if you want to say, uh, yeah, lily padded from like different religions. So it was um, Haitian voodoo. Um, it was, you know, witchcraft. It was Satanism. <laughs> um, and then it, it always circles around back to traditional uh, Cornish craft. And that's, that is, that's in my heart. <laughs> yeah, you were saying to me earlier that you kind of dabbled in a bunch of different things, such as voodoo and Wiccan, and you found out those weren't the type of things that you wanted to continue doing. But it brought you back to the traditional witchcraft. So for people that are watching or listening, can you explain a little bit in detail about what you do and what witchcraft is all about for those that don't know what it is? Okay, so traditional witchcraft, Cornish craft specifically, it's not really uh, traditional, but it draws on elements of traditional craft from Europe, from the original uh, British Isles, from England, Cornwall, like Anglia, I think that's how you say it. What was I saying? Oh, and it's basically like a get it done now. It's a quick get it over with, get it done now kind of system. So it's very practical. It's very common sense. Uh, we do use a lot of, you know, the herbs like for blood stopping. Um, if you're bruised, you know, the, you know, the old charms, like if you have a wart on the full moon, take it outside, cut the potato in half rub it on the wart, bury it, and then your, your wart's gone. It truly works. Don't know how, it just does. <laughs> that's so an interesting one. I haven't heard that one before, so that's kind of cool. So are there things that you can do for people directly then? Maybe some people might be wondering, okay, uh, that's how it originated, but what kind of things can you do with it? So can you go through some of the things that you actually do with traditional witchcraft? Um, I do a lot of candle magic, a lot of love work for clients, um, as they all know, <laughs> if they're watching. But uh, yeah, candle magic, pin magic, uh, not in cord magic, a lot of uh, like you, it's called becoming. So we will go outside and we will be very aware of our surroundings and we will take everything in from the land, what we call the serpentine sprawl, which is the literally the regenerative force that's within the earth itself at which it, you know it vibrates at like b minor i think it is not 100 sure so don't quote me <laughs> but we work with that energy and so we'll go out and we'll collect you know like sprawl which is energy and we'll store it in cords and you know if somebody needs healing like from a distance then we can you know on a windy day say you go on top of a hill you know you untie that little cord in the wind and then you can only look with one left eye which is really difficult. I mean, some of the things are a little off, but you know, it is the crooked path, but we have that. Uh, 
a lot of uh, oh, uh, a lot of work with you know different you know beings, the entities, uh, fairy folk. Actually, yeah, big time fairy folk. Um, ancestors are like the number one thing that we work with. So we're always considered, you know, since the ancestors go back to the earth, uh, they're considered to be fairy folk at times. But then again, they can just go become part of the all, the source, you know, whatever is the powers that be. <laughs> it's interesting that they connect with fairies. So is fairy something that is connected with witchcraft or is it something that you guys associate with witchcraft? Is it, it something is, like historical it, or? Is, yeah, in historical witchcraft, you do find uh, it's way, I mean, like Dante's Inferno um, or Dante's Inferno, is it? Milton, Paradise Lost, all of that. So go back further, go back further than Shakespeare. And then we actually find the fairy folk within uh, Cornish culture. So yeah, they are definitely a part, but there's also, um, they have the darker side and then they have the lighter side. So, I mean, they're pretty much the closest beings to us that we would consider to be human, kind of. So they're, yeah, they're, they're middle, pretty much like me. <laughs> so that's really interesting. I guess that makes sense because a lot of the witchcraft, I guess, derives from England or the UK side of things. That's where it kind of originated, obviously, um, in that society. And I guess that's where fairies are also originated from. So is that the connection? Is it that they're kind of both from the same region? It's, it's all about the land. So whatever, because traditional craft is very regional. So what they practice in Cornwall is not what I'm practicing here. I can try, but I can't physically be on the ground of Cornwall. So I have to go with my own legends, my own mythology, like the local legends we have here, like you have Chief Menominee um, with the Trail of Death and the Trail of Sorrow or Tears. Um, he protects us from, you know, like tornadoes. Uh, we've never been hit with a tornado, thank the gods. <laughs> so we have, that's basically what we go by, like regional. So I work with my local like deities and different spirits, like the, the Native Americans that were here before. So it's very regional and it's very much of the earth, of the soil. But it is not, it's, it's not Wicca. It's not a fertility cult. So we don't think of it as being derived from like a goddess worshiping pre-christian uh cult that's very interesting i think that is very awesome that you know uh witchcraft is actually connected with the soil but you can only do your type of witchcraft at your location but say like you're saying cornwall they have to do their kind there so what are some of the different kinds that you've come across in your life of doing this is there different kinds of witchcraft that people can be aware of Oh, wow. I honestly, I've only studied uh, traditional Cornish craft. Um, if you kind of go, let's see, go east of Cornwall, you're going to have more of like uh, in Wales, you're going to have more of their deities, the Welsh deities. So like they're going to work with those ones. Um, honestly, traditional craft is the only craft that I've ever actually really submersed my entire being into. So I'm not too, I mean, I know what Wicca is. I don't agree with it, but I mean, I, I respect people that are Wiccan. I try my hardest. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's understandable. Like you have one path that you want to go down. So that's the path that you choose for yourself that you feel 
you can work with, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you do for people then day to day besides doing things like spell work and stuff like that? Do you have clients that you talk to day to day or do you do sessions for people or what kind of work in that kind of witchery world do people expect from you? Daily, I will go on and I will do readings for people um, with the help of my ancestors um, in, in traditional craft. We have like house dolls. We have all kinds of, you know, the witch is very, uh, the traditional witch is very you can see it's cluttered. It kind of looks cluttered. So we have all kinds of different spirit helpers. So um, a lot of uh, channeling of different spirits. So I wake up, uh, get a message, type it out, you know, put it on my, all of my platforms. Um, a lot of healing work, you know, getting people to actually release emotions. So it's, it's, it's psychological. It's very psychological in ways. Like the tarot, I'll do the tarot daily for people. Um, Ouija sessions I will do for people as well. So it's it's a, just a broad spectrum of pretty much everything that you can possibly think of since it is a neutral path. But it's also a dual faith path. So in Cornwall, you'll actually see them going to church on Sunday morning. But then come Sunday night, you're going to see them half naked, us half naked, dancing wildly around fires and stirring up that's to stir up the serpentine energy and to get you know the you know the land energy stirred up and you can direct it and to your end goal and that's a question i think i have and some people might have as well is when you do those type of rituals after that you're trying to put your intent into um is it necessary for you to do it with a group of people because that's what you always see is some group of people doing that type of ritual or is that something you can do by oneself you can do it by yourself i have to do it by myself because in this small what i call a village it literally is a village so we're pagans we live on the outskirts of the city more tighter more uh, what could be more fitting than that so it's 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 solitary too but it is also you know very you know family oriented so within traditional craft we have you know the family the unit of the family is very important you know respecting your elders uh, common sense, basically, instead of like thinking, okay, so like, um, say my child, like we talked about earlier, my kid, if I had a kid, if it was hungry, and I was broken, poor, and I seen a little like side thing with food, am I willing to pay the price of going to jail, so my kid can be, you know, have sustenance? Yeah, of course. But it's mostly solitary for me. Over in Cornwall, there's a lot more of covines or covens, if you want to call it. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for as well, is your coven that you belong to. So you don't actually belong to a coven, or are you just sort of soul by yourself? No, I'm just by myself. It's just me. <laughs> is that a good thing? Because you deal a lot sort of within one side of it compared to the other side, or do you feel that you can lean to more towards the one side of things if you're by yourself. For me personally, it is, I don't have to take orders from either the magister or the magistra in traditional craft. So it would, in Wicca, I think you could compare it to like the Lord and the lady. So you don't have to listen to like anybody higher up except for your conscious and your, your conscience <laughs> and the, you know, the deities and, you know, the powers that we do actually work with. 
Yeah, that's the other thing too. In um, a lot of movies and stuff you see in shows, you'll see that deal with the witchcraft topic. They'll talk about that higher person or the master, as some call it. Um, is that real? Is that something that's real that when you deal with witchcraft, is there something higher up that you have to obey? We do. It's, we. He's called the devil <laughs> or the baka. So he is, you know, literally the embodiment of nature. So he is both, you know, wonderful and beautiful and, you know, a lover and a friend all in one. And then on the other side, he's, you know, the tornadoes, the, you know, the cyclones, the typhoons, you know, the white, the wayward, you know, crazy weather that we have. So, I mean, we, I think most traditional witches are very, very conscious and our conscience actually, you know, kicks in all the time saying, hey, you know, you know, this is wrong. Why are you doing this? Why don't you just step back and think about it a little bit more before you proceed further? <laughs> so it's really all in us, but then we do, you know, we have just the God is, you know, it's more male God oriented than the neo-pagan spiritualities. Okay, that's something I just was curious about. Like you always hear that, you always hear of them going to the master or the higher power and having to obey what they say right so um i was just wondering if that was something that was true or if it was something that was made up kind of thing if you actually have to do that but since you're on your own you say you just have to kind of go with your own conscience and do what you want to do which i think yeah, is kind of the better were, way of doing it <laughs> yeah no totally i agree if you were in like say cornwall though and you were actually in a coven or a covine is what they call it you would have to like you you do listen to like your elders in the coven you listen to you know the higher ups you listen to the magister the magistra or the mistress and the master of the ceremony and you know you take you do what they say you don't you know go over here just a little bit you stay in line <laughs> so have you found it better off since you've been doing it on your own have you found that you get to where you want to be your end goal of things have you found that works better for you that way i do it, it's honestly i will tell you the truth trevor it has brought me i think it brings me personal like satisfaction like with my family like the whole colony and the family unit that's the biggest thing that i can possibly think of because it teaches you to respect uh your elders your parents it, it teaches you it's cool to be, a, you know, friends with your parents and to listen to them, not, you know, go against their wishes and be, you know, uh, quote, heathens. <laughs> but family is, you know, it's really, that's what it's all about in traditional craft. And that's why it's this kind of secretive because it's like family secrets, like grandma's secret recipe is kept. That's how it kind of is in traditional craft. Certain mysteries are kept to us and we don't reveal them. Like if the bucka, the horned one, the devil <laughs> um, imparts knowledge or bestows any kind of wisdom on us and says, you know, don't, you know, tell anybody, you know, if we think that we could, you know, dispense that information, then we can. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that I do not dispense or, you know, shovel out. So it's, it's, it's really personal. It's a really personal thing. Yeah, it's got to be, well, dealing with anything with spirit or spirituality is personal, even having an experience is personal. So that's one thing I want to touch upon next is, what kind of experiences have you had while dealing with that type of energy? Is there one thing that you can recall that was kind of like, wow, that was really weird? I, or I wasn't ready for that? Or um, Okay, so uh, I don't know what they call them. Is it called a tupla? Tupla? 
thought form. A thought form. Okay, so um, within within traditional craft, um, there is um, some sex magic. So that's a part of you know all basically all religions and all you know systems with a magical background or basis or you know whatever. Um, so if you do enough of it and you're actually focusing on something, you actually create something from that. So I literally had this thing. I don't, it looked like a giant spider to me with red eyes. I can't even really describe it, but it would crawl around my entire house, on my walls, on the house, in the house. I would actually wake up and I would see these beings surrounding my bed with cloak, you know, cloaks on. And they would just be staring at me. And I'm just like, why are you staring at me? <laughs> so that's kind of, that was the, the, the scariest part. But then, you know, meeting Pan back when I was 13, that was the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced in my life. And what was the outcome of that? How did you handle that type of situation then? If you're seeing these apparitions or whatever they are, or shadows that are in your area, inside your ask, home, how did you handle ask, that? ask as many questions and be as obnoxious as you can with your questions to everybody <laughs> because you want to get you know everybody's you know their viewpoints everybody's you know opinion and then you want to you know make sure that you're not crazy so i personally went to the doctor and i you know had a psychic psychic evaluation i was fine normal i'm like oh that's surprising honestly but and then it came back and then I was like, OK, so, you know, I tried journaled it and did a lot of shadow work and then I actually got into it. And I'm like, OK, so Pan, yes, that was, you know, a direct result of me unknowingly, you know, calling on him. And he's like, no, you're not going to do that. and You're going to serve me. So it's kind of, you know, it was kind of a kind of backlash. That's the only kind of negative karma, if you want to call it, that I've ever kind of pretty much received in the terms of, you know, like spirituality or, you know, working with the energies or the deities or spirits or magic. That's good. So we were talking earlier too, before we went live about um, how you do your magical work and spells and whatnot. Um, so when you do spell work and you put your intent out there for it to have a certain purpose, um, how does that work when you do the spell work then? Um, I know you're talking about it having a karma effect and sometimes when you do that type of work it comes back on you so i've always heard that i'm sure other people have heard that as well so can you talk about that for a little bit like how does that work when you do spell work or how do you prepare to do stuff for me i personally i have i will either we hollow a compass which is a literal sphere that puts us outside of time and space because we all know that time and space doesn't exist it's made up by man um like most things um so we can either you know do a full-blown uh ritual or it's very simple go to your altar i mean i have my altar right here behind me and i'm not sure you can see some herbs hanging um if somebody's you know in need of like some healing i could go pick some you know like some sage off of the bundles hanging and just do a simple prayer and a, a tea light it is you know it's the get it done now and the quickest way and the best way possible or you can go full out do a giant ceremony, you know, do the, you know, calling in and the invocation of, you know, the horned one and you know, sometimes the goddess, um, all of the different directions, the virtues of, you know, those directions, uh, the crossroads. So, and then we can either do something very tiny and very simple. 
such as like, you know, a healing candle or, you know, a healing poppet, you know, poppets are a really big thing in traditional craft too, especially in Europe. So puppets are sort of like voodoo dolls or are they something different? Completely different. <laughs> <laughs> voodoo dolls were originally meant to pinpoint for a medical doctor what was ailing the person. So I think they do derive from that though. And then the poppet is actually made of either, you know, wax or it's, you know, molded into from different candles that have been, you know, used in a certain consecutive spell or like a ritual. And then you can form that into, you know, the wax where you can, you know, just sew a simple little poppet. And then, you know, you in, put, you know, your herbs and all your different things inside of it. And then you call on different virtues and spirits and energies. And they actually come in, the, you know, sympathetic magic. So it's kind of like contagious magic, like gum, you step on it, you're, yeah. So the healing, it's getting spread like gum. Okay, no, that's interesting. Um, I think I've heard that before, actually. But I, th I just wanted to reference because I think people think of voodoo dolls right away when you say some kind of puppet or doll. So I just wanted to clarify to make sure. So um, Yeah, no voodoo. <laughs> yeah, no voodoo. I know you don't like that. You kind of tried that out and uh, that wasn't for you. So you went down the other path, so, which is yeah. your choice. So. Um, I was very devoted, yeah. but yeah, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, so how do you do things, um, I could sort of ask you this already, but how do you do things day to day for people? Like, um, do you, I know you do tarot readings or not tarot, but you do readings for people, you do, um, spells and stuff like that. Um, how does that help people like day to day? What's the most common thing people come to you for? Um, how do I get my life together? How do I get myself out of a mess? How can I become not such a mess? <laughs> That's like the main thing that people come for for the readings for guidance from like spare guides and it's literally like tarot is literally psychology a psychiatrist in a box so literally when i'm doing the readings um i studied a lot of depth um psychology Jungian psychology so i take what i've learned from the psychology and then i incorporate that within my tarot readings and it gives me like kind of a little bit more of a glimpse into what they're going through and then, you know, being an empath and being able to feel what they're feeling and, you know, kind of, it's like, okay, I can put myself in your shoes like that. And then we can actually kind of get down to the bottom of it. Do you need to do shadow work? Do you need to do healing work, unblocking work? So it's kind of clearing all the energy out of the body is, I mean, literally everything. So it touches upon a little bit of everything that they're looking for then. You could kind of sense With what that. the you could kind of sense what the person is wanting, right? You can kind of into in tune to the person and sense what they want, yeah, or what they There's, need. It's almost like yeah. a giant, like it, it's almost like there's a cord that attaches to your heart to their heart, and it feels like that you're actually, you know, just kind of experiencing just a little bit of what they were could be experiencing, and it's usually spot on, and it's usually pretty scary, so. People will come back and tell me, you know, I've been to like 12 other readers and they all said the same thing you did. And I'm like, well, yeah, because they're picking up and they're doing it correctly. So it's, it's a little scary at times. It's like, wow, it's that accurate. Yeah, it is. It, it really works. And it's, it's 29 years later. I'm still like, wow, this works. Well, there's a good question for you next, then. Where do you see yourself going in the future with all this? Do you still want to continue doing what you're doing now, or do you think it's going to progress into something kind of bigger and wider? I, I really want to move to Cornwall. I really do. I see myself in Cornwall. Cornwall or Lily Valley, is it called, in uh, up there by New York, the spiritualist community? That's uh, Lilydale, I think. Lilydale, yeah. yes.
I honestly, yeah, writing books still, I'm, I'm in the process of writing another book. <laughs> That's great. Well, um, I'll definitely give you a chance here to promote those. Uh, what book have you written in the past and which one are you working on currently? Um, I'm not going to divulge the title of this one right now. Um, but this one is, I think, my best one. And um, unfortunately, my best seller was a homoerotic um, novel channeled, directly channeled. All my books were channeled. Ouija pop, bringing Ouija into the modern day pop culture so it doesn't have such a bad reputation. Kind of throwing some glitter on it and saying, here, guys, it's not that evil. It's not evil. It's what <laughs> your intention is. You know, you bring to the board and you get back. So it's pretty, yeah, it's interesting. That's cool. I think that's great to bring that forward to show people that, yeah, it could be used in different ways and it's your intent that has the final outcome, right? So it's what you put into is what you get out of it kind of thing, so. It's totally the person's intent. If they want evil, they're, well, unfortunately, I didn't get the demons that I wanted on the board like Tony Katane did in Witchboard. So I got, you know, coherent messages. And I'm like, mom, is the, what is this? She's like, how do you know this? I'm like, it was the board. She's like, no, it wasn't. I'm like, yes, it was. So I went through a whole thing of that with them for a long time, and it was crazy. They're like, you can't know that. I was like, what the board told me. So I do. But yeah, it's all what you want. It's all what you think you're going to get back in it. Yeah, I think that is true with everything in this field, like the whole paranormal field. It's whatever you put your intent into is what you get out of it. So... Um, thank you very much, Ryan. I appreciate you taking your time today and talking to us about you know, your background and what you deal with. It's been eye-opening for sure. I think a lot of people find it interesting what you do and what you deal with and um, what you've oh. gone through with it as well. Yes. I just wanted to say I'm not a specialist or an expert because mm -hmm. nobody's an expert in this field. We're all still learning and growing. So I am nowhere near where I want to be. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, nobody's an expert in this field. There's always learning to do. There's always teaching to do. Uh, one thing we try to do here at Haunting Live is showcase different people's way of doing things because there's not always just one way of doing things right. So um, if you do things your way, that's the way you're taught to do it or that's the way you learn to do it. And that's just fine. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you very much, Ryan. I appreciate it uh, for you taking time out today to join us here at Haunting Life. And um, hopefully we'll have you back one day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. This yeah, was really freaking fun. It was awesome. Awesome to learn about your experiences and uh, what witchcraft is all about, especially for people that might be thinking about it or have heard some stuff about it but want to learn more. So, Awesome. No, well, thank you very much. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend. All right, you too, Trevor. Thank you for having me on again. <laughs> yep, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. There we go. And uh, yeah, that was Ryan Espich. He is a uh, witchcraft. He's into traditional witchcraft as well as a bunch of other things. So it's wonderful to talk to him today about what he knows in that field. So it is another field of the paranormal. So for those that don't know what that is, um, I hope you enjoyed listening to him and learning a little bit about uh, what traditional witchcraft is all about. And um, 
what it can do and things like that. And uh, Ryan's definitely the person to talk about that uh, here on Haunting Live Podcast. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We are Haunting Live Podcast. We are live on YouTube right now. We are live each and every Sunday right here at 4 o'clock with a brand new guest uh, to talk about different topics in the paranormal field. We cover everything in the field, but our main topic here is uh, mediumship. So we do talk to most people about psychic work or mediumship work here. But like I said, from time to time, like today, we will have a different topic on that we feel is interesting to you guys and uh today it was traditional witchcraft with uh our guest ryan so um yeah thank you very much for tuning in guys don't forget to follow us here on our youtube channel we appreciate it we noticed a whole bunch of new uh subscribers lately i think we're up to 470 now which is awesome thank you guys so much uh if you like what we do here don't forget to share our videos and subscribe and also like our videos if you like the ones that you watch uh, that does help us out a lot here on our youtube channel we are also on uh, the other social media apps as well. So join us over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram also. We do postings over there every week as well. And yeah, we just have a different guest each and every week right here on Haunty Live Podcast. Uh, for those that don't know, though, we do actually have an official website as well, which is hauntylivepodcast.com. You guys can check out our official website and uh, get some official merch from us. We sell paranormal merch or spiritual merch. So we sell things like cleansing materials such as sage and smudging items. We sell crystals as well. We sell some homemade crafts as well that deal with the crystals. Um, just a whole bunch of stuff that you can use for the paranormal field like pendulums as well. So go check our store out on our website. That will help us a lot. We do have a half off sale right now going on for Black Friday week. So you guys get half off on all our spiritual merch right now as well. And also don't forget right here under Haunting Live, uh, Chris at Haunting Live Podcast does spiritual uh, readings as well, the Oracle cards, every Saturday night at 8 o'clock on Divine Angel Readings. And you can check out his page also under HauntedLivePodcast.com. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I really appreciate you being here and helping us out by subscribing to our channel. And um, look forward to our guest next week, next Sunday at 4 o'clock. So with that, guys, have a great week. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here at 4 o'clock next Sunday for next Haunting Live podcast. I have been a medium or an intuitive ever since any of my family can remember. When I started talking, it wasn't always to people who were in the room. Well, I started off as revealing like tarot. I've um, moved more over the last four years, um, astrology and spiritualism. In a way, spiritualism goes back to my roots. I suppose my first gift I had, and I thought everybody knew, I thought this is a really bad one. I always knew when people were not telling the truth. And I thought everybody could do that. It was a bit of a shock afterwards when I found out that actually what I was doing, I was, I was tapping into something else. So when I was a very young kid, I actually used to see some orbs in my room and dark, dark figures, and I, I was very afraid of the dark. It was right when I had like one computer put out house. Um, and I would go on and I'd Google ghosts and like look into it to see, understand them, but I would also get very freaked out.